the van life. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And today we are talking with the O-Team. The O-Team have been our friends on Instagram for a really long time now. We basically watched them build their entire van on the internet. And the crazy part about it is we're going international. <laughs> I was like, I wish we were going international, but they're <laughs> well, like physically. Yeah. But so in spirit, we are going internationally. The O-Team are our first guests who are from across the pond. Yeah, they're they're from the UK area. And um, we're, we're excited to learn more about what it's like to travel, to live this lifestyle overseas. Because yeah. we only have the skewed point of view of doing it in the US, really. And a little bit in Canada. Tiny bit. Tiny bit. Tiny Canada. little bit. But yeah, it was actually super interesting to hear what their experiences have been like in England and in Scotland. And we're really excited to get into that. But first, let's do an update from the road. Oh, snap, an update. Right now, we are in Idaho, baby. <laughs> and uh, we are actually out here because we wanted to hit a lot of the hot springs while we are out here. Um, but not only do we want to hit the hot springs, in a couple days, we're going to be hitting... Snake River, and we're going to be in the deepest canyon in North America. I think maybe even in the world, but uh, I'm going to Google that. But I'm going to go with North America. We have no internet. No internet right now. I'm going to go with North America, uh, the deepest canyon, even deeper than the one that everybody knows, the Grand Canyon. And we're going to go on a jet boat tour, which should be crazy exciting. Yeah, so we're really looking forward to that. We're also currently caravanning with Crown and Style, which are some other friends. I guess from Instagram, but we met them last year at the Wolfpack Roundup and then have kind of been chatting with them since then. And it just kind of happened that we were both somewhat in the same area. They actually drove a real far way to come and we meet about, up with us. I think we were about six hours difference from one another. Mm-hmm. Like the the in-between point was like probably we more were like, like we'll meet you in Missoula. And they were like, okay, but they had definitely a longer drive to get there than we did. Yeah, the good part is they were kind of headed that way already because they were going to go to Glacier, but some other things kind of came up, uh, you know, work-related stuff that mm-hmm. they needed to kind of have service. And from what they heard, there's really no service out there. Well, it's funny because they're like, we need service. And now we're in a place with no, no service. service. Yep. So yesterday ended up, we were running around, we ended up at this fruit farm, it was really cool, but then... That was incredible. It was really cool, but then uh, when we were, like, leaving them, we were like, okay, we'll meet here, but if we'd thought about it a little bit more, especially because we actually have a bunch of work to do today, we gotta get this podcast up, we gotta get a YouTube video Mm. up, and now we have no service, and we're like, oh no. So today might be a day where we wind up driving somewhere to try to find service. Yeah, but we actually just kind of drove into Hell's Canyon, so if you think about it, if Hell's Canyon is the deepest gorge in all of North America, the drive to get in here was steep. Yes, it was. It was a 7% grade downhill for seven miles, I want to say. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty There were three grade. runaway truck stops, which if you've never seen a runaway truck thing, it's actually the craziest thing. It's like at the side of the highway when you're going down these steep grades, and it's basically a ramp. That takes the truck from going downhill to uphill. So if like um, a giant semi truck loses their ability to brake, they would go off the side of the road and up this ramp and hopefully it would stop them. But I feel like that would be the most terrifying roller coaster ride Ever. Yeah, but at least that roller coaster ride would save your life if you're in the truck. Yeah, because imagine how much speed you would catch if you're going down a 7% grade with a full load. Like, holy smoke. Yeah, it's definitely one of those eye-opening experiences. Hopefully nothing like that ever happens. 
I mean, I'm sure it's happened in the past. Like, we've seen them all over oh, yeah. the country. Like, they're there for a reason. Oh, for sure. It's a lifesaver, literally. Yeah. I mean, imagine imagine this. When we were in our last van, and the brakes went out, and we were going down an area, we would have needed that ramp. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but Paco saved our lives. Yes, he did. And now, in classic Paco fashion, as soon as we go to record a podcast, he is ready to play and just freaking out over there. I think he might be hungry. He kind of moved his head towards us when I said hungry. So. <laughs> Paco, you want food? Yeah, he's hungry, boy. Yeah. So it's breakfast for us here. We just woke up. We're next to a beautiful river, Snake River. It's actually kind of cool to be camped next to this river because it's a very long one, and it goes through multiple states. Yeah, I actually think it starts way up in Canada, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, really? So I think it actually goes through two different countries, and uh, yeah, it... it it weaves its way through Idaho and um, also Oregon. I wonder if it even makes it a little bit through Washington. And then it definitely goes back and through Wyoming. And I think it actually kind of heads north from there. Hmm. It's yeah. a very interesting river. Yeah, it snakes through the whole country, yes. which is why it's called Snake River. But it's a beautiful place. Idaho has also been really awesome for free camping. So there's been tons of state-run camp sites basically so we actually looked it up idaho has the third most public lands of any state percentage wise government owned yes and so there are tons of these campsites where you can stay some of them are three days some of them are one night some of them are 18 days and there's a pit toilet and a couple of sites and it's actually super handy to be able to just kind of pull up on a campsite. We do have a toilet on board, but it's nice to be able to use someone else's. Are you okay over there? No, Paco's, he's going wild right now. He wants to play so bad. All right. We're going to get into this podcast. Listen up because you're going to learn a lot about what it's like to travel overseas. And I'll tell you what, they do not have the same kind of public land options that we have here in Idaho. And the lingo is definitely a bit different. Yeah, that's really, it was interesting like, they would say some words, and we're like, what? But anyway, so let's get into it. Thank you so much to the O-Team, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Welcome, Mr. and Mrs. O-Team. You guys are in the building. It's so great to have you here. So we want to get to know you guys more. Give us an idea, you know, what brought this, what brought van life to life for you guys, and what were you doing previous? Like, what, what did it take for you guys to get into this lifestyle? I want to answer that. <laughs> yeah, Emma. <laughs> um, okay, so in 2018, I went to Australia for a working holiday for a year. And that was because I was really tired of my uh, teaching job. Um, and we had been dating for a year at that point. So then I went off to Australia for a year, um, which was also to kind of, you know, things were getting serious with Tanaka and I wanted to go and do my adventure before it got too serious kind of thing um and I went to Australia to go back to my art and I did some traveling and stuff um did some different artist residencies and um on one of them I met this girl who was the same age as me and she had driven the entire east coast of Australia from her hometown Melbourne up to Cairns and she had taught her watercolour workshops along the way which I just thought was so cool that she was making money from her art and she'd you know camped out of her car on her own and stuff and I just thought that was 
really really amazing and you know something that I wanted to do um so and there were other people like that that I that I met on my travels in Australia who were you know in a in a van or I would guess I just had all these little seeds planted that made me think yeah that's that that's like what I want to do I then came home came home to England after a year and we wanted to go out to Australia together we had we had that booked in um like five months later and in those five months that I was in England Chanaka proposed and we got married <laughs> so it was all like quite fast we had our flights booked to Australia um and I just wanted to see more of Australia basically I just it's a huge country and I wanted to see more of what I had already seen and what I hadn't seen and I can't remember how we arrived at getting a van but I think it was it was because I had seen people kind of doing it a little bit and I wanted it was it's the best way to travel a big country like that so we had our first van as our sort of long honeymoon and we did like casual work as well along the way so that was what started it I guess we had this uh dog grooming van in Australia um that wasn't dog grooming anymore (laughs) um and we traveled for eight months in Australia in that van and we came home just before lockdown and we wanted to continue traveling I guess I actually felt like I wanted to get to know England get you know get to know my own country I felt quite ashamed that I don't that I don't know it very well (laughs) so I probably know Australia better than the UK um and then like because of lockdown we decided to make the van like our home basically rather than it being a leisure thing we we were with my mum and dad um and you know that yeah for a whole year we were with mum and dad for a whole year because of lockdown so we just kind of decided you know let's just make this our home so we can get out and get out of their house um and we so we've been in this van in England since May so like nearly five months nice I I saw you giggle a little bit when you were like, yeah, a year at the in-laws house. (laughs) Like, you know, how'd that make you feel? Well, at first I was like, because I'm quite, um, I don't know, polite guy. If I meet you first of all, I'm very polite. But it took me a while to uh, stop asking for like, can I have a drink? Or can I have this? After like this fourth month, I was like, yeah, just go to the fridge and grab stuff. But at first it was like, hmm. I was thinking three months he'll be fine. <laughs> three months, but then lockdown happened. I took a year. I was like, "Wow, that's really long." But I got to know them really well. I wish it was quite good. I guess I got to know them like fast tracked. Instead of spending like twenty years to know them, it's like fast tracking the whole year. It's like okay, I guess I know you very well. So mm. I'll say it's okay. I wouldn't say it's like the ideal scenario. <laughs> it's not what we planned. <laughs> yeah, but it worked out. It worked out well to get to know them better. Yeah. But it it was challenging as well, I think, for our, you know, because that was only our second year of marriage. So, it you know, it was challenging for that as well. Uh, it's always challenging, I think, to go back and stay with parents when you're like a full adult. <laughs> uh, but they are really, I think, you know, they were really impressed with Chanaka building the van. So I think they saw that side of him, which was really amazing. And they're, pr- they're I think they're pretty good parents and in-laws in my opinion (laughs) so not too controlling or anything (laughs) yeah I think a lot of people ended up in situations that they would have never 
been in had it not been for the lockdowns and everything that was going on. Um, you know, we ended up at Frankie's sister's house for 50 days. We did not plan that. You know, we ended up locked down in Toronto for like a month. We did not plan that. Um, and so I definitely understand the feeling of, you know, even just being in someone else's space, whether it's your in-laws or, you know, a friend or anything, it's like, you know, you're an adult married couple and you want, you know, your privacy or your own, you know, your downtime or, you know, alone time or whatever. So it's definitely a difficult situation to then be in someone else's home, especially a parent, you know, that eventually you're just kind of like, we need to be on our own. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think when we moved into the van, even though it was much smaller space, I was really happier, you know, having our own space. I slept better and it was, yeah, it was really good to have our own space. Definitely. (laughs) Kind of amazing to think that you're sleeping better in a van than a stationary home. Yeah, I know. It was was good. (laughs) I'm very happy with it. (laughs) Well, we do have a king size bed. We have a bigger bed than we had at (laughs) mum and dad's house. Uh, and it's like memory foam it's like luxury luxury to me (laughs) so can you guys tell everybody who's listening you know what kind of van you have you know size make model stuff like that okay that's my department (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah we've got an Iveco daily um it's not quite popular in the states as it is in europe and uk um it's mostly it's mostly like a truck but the Iveco Daily is Iveco is like a truck maker, and the Daily is like a van style. And this van was downgraded from seven tons to three and a half tons, so people can drive it. And I've actually upgraded it to four point six tons, so I can carry more weight. Yeah. And but yeah, it's a two point three liter engine, and the back is cargo area is four point six meter long, and it's one point eight meter wide, and it's one point nine meter high. And it's not actually the longest you can get. You can get one that's 5.1 meter long cargo, 2.1 meter high, and 1.8 meters wide. That's what I wanted. But this one came out at a good price. We're like, okay, let's go for it. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm 6'1". Yeah, I'm 6'1", 183 centimeter. And I wanted to have this space, headroom, able to have like a rain effect shower. <laughs> but I have to actually scoot up. I'm like, hey, I'm in a shower now. So <laughs> a bit small, but it's okay. <laughs> So it's very similar to say like a, a sprinter van in the States, um, like the 170 style. So like the longer version of the sprinter van, I'm guessing is more more aligns uh with what you guys have. Um if, it's it's a long wheelbase. So, yeah, it's yeah. a long wheel it's extra long wheelbase. So this, if you think of a sprinter van at about 40 to 50 centimeter to okay. it, that's yeah. how how much bigger it is. Nice. Yeah, so yeah. it's a really big space. Do you have like full plumbing and a bathroom? And you know, what's the kind of inside build look like? Um, we've got a actually got a household bubble sink, like a big sink and a smaller sink next to it. And then we've got pretty much a big counter, which you don't really need. Yeah. <laughs> it's like two meter long counter space. We like don't really need that space. We've got a um wet room, um toilets and chemical as a toilets and shower in there and yeah it's quite a big space if you have pretty much like a small apartment you get in new york mm-hmm. but everything you need on wheels so yeah yeah 
So let me ask you this. Now that you've built it and you've lived in it for five months, you're already talking about something that you didn't need, which is that counter space. How many other things in this van do you feel like aren't necessary? <laughs> well, I'm being in it for so long. No, I would say not so long, but so long as we've been in it now, I realized that the bed scenario, having a Murphy bed is is good. But also because we've got a bench seat on one side, um, we can't really host guests. So we're thinking of making another seat opposite us, but it means we have to change everything. Just for mm-hmm. example, we had to we, we got e-bikes and that wasn't part of the plan in the beginning. So I had to raise the bench we're sitting on now, which means my feet can't really actually touch the floor. <laughs> so <laughs> and that then changed the bed scenario. You have to cut the bed shorter for the frame of the bed and everything. But in terms of changes, we talked about it before. That we got LPG for the heat cooker, the shower, and also yeah, cook and shower. We're thinking of changing the cooker to a induction hub because we got a Tesla battery which is five point three kilowatts hour kilowatt power battery, so that can actually allow us to use induction hub. But it's quite hard finding a space induction hub that fits like a direct drop exchange with the mm-hmm. hub we have. It's quite hard. I so, think yeah, there's. I mean, until you've been in a space, as much as you design it and research yeah. and everything, until you've been in it, you don't know what it's really going to be like, do you? And I think with the the dinette setup that we would prefer, it's because we uh, met up with this couple in Scotland and they have, a you know, like the dinette, dinette setup, which I think probably most people have. And it was just so nice to sit opposite somebody and have dinner, um, like, you know nicer than I was expecting I was like oh I wish we could have that you know just felt really comfortable so then that is what got us talking about could we change could we change that in our van but as you guys know if you you can't really change one thing it affects everything else (laughs) so Mm -hmm. just would be quite a major modification and we don't really have uh, the finances to do that quite yet so I think we'll probably spend spend longer in it and maybe review it again in another six months time and see if we can just you know we can just cope with how it is and it's and it's great as it is you know it's just when you see other people's van you're like oh that's really good <laughs> so well, remember the grass is always greener the grass is yeah. always greener on the other side you know that yeah, is that's true. Like, we have the dinette table and there's pros and cons to it we obviously love that we can host people and we've had people around the table um, but then you do have to commit to like you know making your bed every day and are you going to take it down every day or put it up every day and and realistically we don't host that often to where it's like a big deal but like um especially in alaska we hosted i would say maybe five or six times other friends and in those cases it was absolutely wonderful Mm -hmm. especially when the weather outside is kind of crummy because i feel like for the most part you're going to be outdoors right when you're meeting up with your van friends you know you're around the campfire or you know you set up your chairs out back or whatever so it's really only super handy when it's like rainy or crummy or cold or you know and you still want to hang out but hopefully either someone else's van is like the hosting van you know and you could just go hang out in their place which could be nice at times as well because then you don't have to worry about the cleanup as much you know as other people I mean, I'm hoping that this weekend, this um, band meetup this weekend, I'm sure we'll see lots of amazing bands, but maybe we'll also get people saying they like ours and then we can feel better about it again. (laughs) 
I mean, from the photos that I've seen online, because, you know, you guys are in a whole different country than us across a whole, you know, body of water. So we've never been able to see it in person. But online, your van looks beautiful. You guys did an amazing job on it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So tell us about this van life meetup that you're about to go to. What is it called? You know, you're our first international van lifers, I think. So, you know, we need to know about the, you know, Europe van life scene. What do you guys got going on over there? Um, Well, this van life coming up now is called the... Are you loving our podcast? Well, we have a way for you to get one more a month. By joining our Patreon community, you get exclusive access to a one-hour podcast ad-free every single month that does a deep dive into what it's really like to live on the road. Depending on which tier you select, you could even get free merchandise. Check out the link below and join the Patreon community today. You also get access to tons of behind-the-scenes content from our YouTube channel, too. Now back to the podcast. International Camper Van Late Summer Show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds... I think Janaka knows more about it than me, actually, because he does most of the chatting online, but from the looks of it there's going to be live music and certain yeah. people's vans kind of on show like our friend alex is having his van on yeah. show isn't he yeah he's in a section that says built not bought so it's like a place that people actually show off their skills what they've done in their van so Very yeah, cool. because he's in more shows than i have and i think he got asked if you wanted to be in that part that's yeah. a great accomplishment no yeah and there'll be you know a few other people that um we kind of talk to online that we've not met in person so i'm excited to to meet them really that's i think that's the main thing that i'm looking forward to out of it have you guys in the uk in wherever you guys have been traveling um have you found the community to be the most amazing aspect of the lifestyle so far well um the community in van life online is great. People will mm-hmm. have forums and things like that on Facebook and on Instagram. It meets a lot of people there. But in reality, in, in person, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone is like, unless they know you from like a group or things like that, no one's going to come to you and be like, hey, how are you doing? Unless it's you outside or something like that. But unless most people just stay in their van or just go for a walk, no one's going to be like going in a group. So it's a bit harder in England because of the way the law is set up. You can't really park, you can't really get wild camp on someone's land because everyone owns everyone, every land in England. Mm. But in Scotland, you have freedom of uh, movement. We can roam in the highlands, things like that. So you can camp, wild camp in Scotland. But I think, yeah, it's, I think it's, and the, well, that's our experience as well. And yeah. we've only been doing it for five months in this country. But yeah, when you guys talk about that aspect of it on your podcast, I definitely feel like I don't relate to that in the same mm. way that you guys strongly do. And I, so I don't know if we're doing something wrong or if it just takes time to kind of build build that. But we did have, we did meet it up with a couple, maybe like a few people when we were in Scotland, but it happened very spontaneously. Like it wasn't planned. Um, there was one time actually that uh, we got this, or I saw this message on Instagram in, in the morning from a couple, you know, we follow each other and and the message said, oh, we're parked next to you, come say hi, which I was like, oh, wow, because <laughs> our, our van is quite distinctive. It's blue. It's got some lovely artwork mm-hmm. on the outside. So they, I guess, knew it was us. Um, 
and then and so they were the couple that hosted us on for dinner with their nice dinette setup. So that was mm-hmm. really spontaneous. Um, but it was actually it took us like a week or so to meet up with them again, still in Scotland. So and they said as well that they find it quite difficult to kind of meet up with people because everybody's just like doing their own thing and you know taking their own mm. route like not be going on the same route as people so um yeah I don't know I mean so I think online it's definitely there and Chanaka gets lots of help from people if something needs fixing you know it's yeah. great for that kind of support but in terms of seeing people in real life maybe not so much for us at the moment but mm-hmm. you know hopefully that will change the more we you know, maybe after this weekend, we'll we'll form some good friendships with people. Mm-hmm. So do you think that it's just a nature of, you know, the legality of camping in the UK? Like, can you explain more about, you know, you say that the lands are owned by everybody. So it's not like you have BLM or things like that, which is uh, Bureau of Land Management, you know, forestry lands owned by the government that anybody can use well it's technically it's owned by the people because it's our taxpaying dollars that are paying towards the the upkeep upkeep and the public um ability to go to that land but yeah so can you explain more i guess it's hard um i guess it's maybe harder because the places that we find to sleep unless it's unless it's a campsite they're like quite small i would say so it would feel crowded if there were three vans there, you know. I mean, you know a bit more about the actual legality, do you want to say what Um, that is? The legality, because the law in the UK, previous law, states that if you were to park somewhere and there's five of you, it becomes like the police has the power to move you on. But the new law wants to change it from, even if there's four of you, if there's more than one van, they can move you on legally. Because so if it's two, if it's two people, they can move you on legally. Because the law, um, UK has had like a, I'll say, a history of gypsies coming to a farmer's land and staying there for months during and summer making a, and, and making, making a mess, mess and then leaving. And the farmer has no power to kick them out. You can you call the police. They say it's a civil matter. You try to go to court. You have to pay out of pocket. They can't sue them because they pretty much just get back up and move. So mm-hmm. now the law is changing in now that the police will have power if someone calls, if someone's land, and they say move on, you don't move on, they can just call the police, come on, police and come and seize your vehicle. That's mm-hmm. what this law is about. It's not pretty much against van lifers, but people in the van life community are trying to say that even though it's not against them, it will affect every single person, which means you can't park on lay-by, you can't park on countryside, because people can't be like, move on. If you don't know who they are. Maybe just a passerby. Yeah. You say move and you don't move on. They call the police. You lose your home. Or lose your expensive camper van. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow. That's that's why it's quite hard in England. That's why when in summer people go to Scotland because it's much, it's more freer there. But mm-hmm. Scotland recently had the influx of camper vans and motorhomes because of lockdown and everything. You can travel to Europe. Yep. So most Scotland, Scottish people, um, places now are now saying are now having a negative impact on motorhomes because they say a lot of them and people are actually trashing the place where they go to. Mm-hmm. And it's not becoming a problem because people just rent a motorhome, go somewhere, pour their chemical toilets into like a bush or a hedge, which they shouldn't be doing. So it's like bad impact on the economy and everything. So yeah. Does that answer yeah, the question? Yes, it does. Definitely. It's just, it's very interesting. Um, 
us being in America, there's, you know, uh, the whole country, the states are the size of countries there, you know? So uh, you have so many different areas that you could go to and everyone's governed by their own state, you know? So like each state is different, obviously like in, on the East coast, there's a lot less um, like beyond land or uh, forestry land or land that you could park on. Most of it is owned privately, just like how you're saying in UK. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a harder spot to be able to live this lifestyle that's why you see a lot of people on the west coast or in the middle of the country here in america um is there a way of like you said the people that aren't necessarily living the lifestyle and are just like getting into it like a week at a time are more likely the people that aren't having care for the environment around them because i know a lot of people in this lifestyle we know a lot of people in this lifestyle that very much care about the environment and very much clean up after themselves and others do you think that there's a way of like being able to uh show that and you know maybe educate people that are even just doing it on weekends that you know that they're ruining it for the people that are living in it as a lifestyle full-time yeah i know it's it shocks me every time when we see mess on the ground i mean we obviously do the right thing and clean up after ourselves we, mm-hmm. we sometimes get to pick the beach um you actually yeah. chanaka one time saw somebody literally throw a packet of crisps out the window and you went and told him to pick it up didn't you yeah and he went to pick it up <laughs> <laughs> good, so good. yeah you i guess you do it when you're feeling brave but you know I, I must say i don't challenge it every time but i wish i was brave enough to do that but sometimes you know sometimes you might see it and there's nobody around so you don't know who's done it but um yeah it's definitely it's definitely um just a shocking thing that you would think that if someone's wanting to go camping that they care about the environment but apparently not so we did see the petition floating around um about this new uk law uh so i don't know if that's still up and available for people to sign um, but if it is, we'll put a link to it in the description below. So if anybody in the UK is listening and wants to make sure that this law doesn't get passed, that they could sign this petition and kind of help um, with that cause. Um, but so how are you finding places to camp? Are there like apps like iOverlander in the UK? Like, how do you find these locations if they're so sparse? Yeah, so, oh, do you want to say sorry? Yeah, uh, so we there's a few apps you can use in the UK. You have iOverlander, but it's not as, actually as good as it, as it is in, like, America, I mean, your country, <laughs> or Australia, things like that. But in the UK, it's, we mostly use Park for Nights. It's a, quite a big app, and it's, like, community-regulated um, sites. If you go somewhere, be like, it's a nice site. You review it and you put it on the map if you think it's a nice site. What, what, what we tend to do personally is if we find somewhere that we really like and think we'll go back here again because it's really nice, we don't put it on the, we don't put uh, it on the app. We've done that with we one month. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that's smart because you're keeping, you're keeping the other people from going there and possibly trashing it that don't respect it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we use that one. That's that ha- it has actually got a lot of places on it. But yeah, yeah. they they vary. So we always 
check the reviews, check the reviews as well and maybe yeah. have like a backup spot if we get there and it doesn't seem that nice or if it's noisy or something if it's close to the road What's so the name yeah. of that park for night yeah with like park, park with a four four for the uh, the number four the for the four, four. Okay. Right. Yeah. I said the letter for. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So let me ask you this. What is so van life in Australia is like very, you know, sexy on the internet. How was that experience for you guys? <laughs> well, what uh, do you mean by sexy? <laughs> what have you seen? <laughs> well, I mean, I just mean like it's kind it's of like, glamorous, you know. Glamorous. There's like swimming holes. There's beautiful scenery. It just seems kind of like you can go anywhere and do anything, and there's so much to see and do, and it's just like it looks awesome. Well, actually, what what you see online is actually true. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you have to be careful where you go because on the west coast, was it on the east coast? There's lots of crocs. If you go to like Queensland, things like that, it's like, you don't have to go on swimming holes. You might get a crocodile which will bite you and things like that. But if you go on the west, well, kill you. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you go on the west coast, it's actually better because well, you don't get as much swimming holes. We can actually go on the swim on the sea on the beach on the sea and swim a few meters away and get into the what's it called the, again? The reef. The reef, which is better. Mm. It's coast, you have to get a tall boat, go miles away from the shore to get to the reef. But the West Coast, just people go for a swim, you're there. So it's a really nice <laughs> West Coast. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, there are there were some glamorous spots like how you're describing it. We we did find lovely swimming holes and things. Um, but what you don't see, I guess, is that we're sweating buckets, and that's <laughs> why you need to find a swimming hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so, why everybody's in the bathing suit and you know yeah, everybody's exactly. very much like partially naked on in the in the in the photos right yeah because yeah. you have to be like it's yeah. literally just so hot um, yeah. in the outback or on the west because we we got up to 40 degrees because the van we had was quite nice 99 van and it's, it hasn't got a good air, air con on it so you have to leave the windows open as we drive on the highway and it was pretty much blowing hot air it was like 40 degrees inside the van it's like that hot 40 degrees c yeah, centigrade, yeah. not very high. That's, that's yeah. like melting weather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically up over yeah. 100 uh, Fahrenheit. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea what the what the conversion is. So we basically just wore nothing. And it was just the two of us. So we just were smelly a lot as well. <laughs> as you can see, I've, I've, I've got used to wearing my vest. So I'm just used to wearing because I wore that pretty much throughout Australia vest and things like that, or singlet. I'm now wearing it. You people will think, What's that guy wearing a singlet around town? It's like 18 degrees or 16 degrees wearing vests and singlets. I'm just used to it now. I'm just. But we it, found. It's funny that... Go ahead. Oh, I was just, just going to say. say... Sorry. I was just going to say, uh, I know I said, go ahead, but I was just going to say to the people uh, over here in um, like in America, the term that he says when he's saying best, we call them tank tops. So like, oh. just to give you an idea over here, what he's talking about, he's saying he's wearing a tank top. Thank you. I thought I was saying, I thought singlet was the word. That's why I said it, but maybe that's the Australian word. Yeah, I think mm. so. I'm not sure. So many different <laughs> words. Um, no, I was just going to make the point that van life in Australia, we also found a lot easier to do. Um, lots of people are doing it. There's one route to take around the country. So you kind of see the same people, you know, at the same park spots. Um, and there's, you know, dump stations and water to collect basically at like every town. 
so we it was really easy to you know do all of that stuff that you need to do we're finding those things a bit more difficult in England and Scotland um the country's definitely not set up for van van people like it was in Australia so I think that was that's kind of like one of the big differences in terms of just being able to stay clean and get your water <laughs> yeah I think um, we're sort of finding it harder because I guess we've experienced a good life in Australia <laughs> and now we're, mm. you know, we know what it, it should be like and now we're finding it's harder in UK because we're not getting some experience yeah that's why it's a bit different you mean like now when, when you yeah. when you guys talk about um wild camping compared to rvs like rv parks or campgrounds that you have to stay in are those campgrounds are they ever free do you have to pay for them like about how much does it actually cost and at those places do they have all the amenities that you need like water Mm. fill and dump and stuff um well in the campgrounds which most people wanted to use like cancels and things i wanted to use we found that the cheapest we found so far is like 10 pounds a night and you get like no, no hookups. You only get like fresh water and dump station. And you're back in the field, you have to use a ramp or things like that. If you want to have like good experience, like nice campground, things like that, you're looking at fifty pounds a night, and yeah. that can get really expensive. So if we we don't do those, yeah, we try not to do those. So likewise, yes, we it, really, it really varies, obviously. And like this one that we're at today, we phoned up yesterday, and there's was space. But if we were going to go to, you know, a more popular one in a popular area, then it would be booked up for, I mean, obviously in the summer as well, you know, booked up for the next few weeks, probably. So I guess it depends on the season as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, we've not used one in a while. So I've kind of, I kind of forgot about that. You know, we didn't have to use any in Scotland because of the freedom of movement thing made it a lot easier to... And just a lot more relaxing, like, oh, we're not going to we're not going to get told to move on <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But if we, you know, I think maybe we did try to find one near Ben Nevis or something near this hike that we wanted to do. And, and they were just they were just fully full. booked. Yeah. yeah. So um, it was a summer holidays, you know, and it's a popular spot. So, yeah, I don't think we would like those anyway, because it was, you know, it'd just be lots of people and very busy and. It's nice to have a bit of like your own space. <laughs> yeah. So like to get on the money subject too about it. Uh, one, how do you guys earn money on the road? And two, obviously, since you guys are in a place that has so many countries, you know, around it, I know that you were talking about the pound, but when you go explore other places, you have to probably exchange currency. Um, what's that like as well? Mm. Um, well, in, in England, I think in Scotland, they, they still use the pound, but it's a bit different from England, but still pounds. And in Wales, it's still pounds. It's all, yeah, we've not yeah. had we've not gone to Europe yet. yet. If we were go to go yeah. to Europe, then we would exchange to the euro. Yeah. Um, but in terms of work, um, because actually, this is a funny story. Actually, apply, and there's a new there's a company I used to design our van. At the time, they were still making the software, still in beta at the time. And I used to this company designed this van and then applied to get a job with them as a customer service so I can actually work on the road. But they said Ooh. at the time that they didn't really need anyone at the time. And while we actually got on the road, they said, they emailed me and said, hey, um, so I sent my CV off to them a while ago. And they said, hey, 
I've got a good job for you. What do you think of this? I explained a few things to me. And I was like, great, let's do that. They're actually called Vanspace 3D. And I've been freelancing for them for a while now. And what, what it does is pretty much like a 3D program. You choose your van layouts or like Iveco, Sprinter, Promaster, different vans. Put it in there, the size of van you have. Pick what you want, like a sink, a fridge, or things like that drop and that can drop. And I can adjust the size and height and everything. And just put it in there, see how your van looks. They can actually design mm-hmm. it before I actually build it. Just make sure it fits. It's pretty yeah. nice. Very cool. And I um, am a private tutor, so I tutor online. Um, I'm an English teacher. So I set that up when we got back from Australia, uh, which was good timing in a way because the schools shut down um, in, in, in the UK. So I was getting lots of messages from parents saying, I'm really worried about my child missing school. So I had, you know, it built quite quickly. And um, so I do that in the evenings, um, every evening. And then I also have a small business uh, where I upcycle textile waste. So we've got my sewing machine in the van and all the, all the supplies I need for that. So, uh, yeah. What is the name of that business? It's called Jep Upcycle. And then so do you make clothing out of it or do you make, you know, like, I don't know, dishcloths or like, what are you making? So when we were at mum and dad's house, I was making all sorts of things. But when like bags and baskets and um, I was making twine out of fabric scraps and things. Um, But when we moved into the van, I really needed to focus on one thing so I didn't have to bring everything with me. So the product I make is I make reusable period pads. Oh, cool. That's awesome. (laughs) I have Um, a friend who does that in Canada too. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's going well. So um, I have a bit of a following now where people uh, donate me their old bed sheets or like old towels, the things that I need to make the pads. So we collect those on our way as we go past people's houses um, or I get them posted to a friend's house and I pick them up. So um, it's very much using people's waste and um, I've got seven other small businesses that are stocking them. So, yeah, I'm really happy with how it's growing. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, you found a niche that is like you're you're reusing stuff. So you're recycling and you're, you know, that's a benefit to our environment as well as you're benefiting women. And this is something that all women are going to need for the rest of life that we know, yeah. it. you know. Let something yeah. change it, you know? <laughs> yeah, and and periods create so much waste themselves. So it's mm. it's um reducing the waste that you would have with disposable products as well. Um I even have a couple of women who are in their menopause and use the panty liners that I make as well. So that's been really insightful because I don't know what happens in the menopause, but apparently you need some air uh, protection still in your knickers. So uh, Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <Very cool. laughs> yeah. You'll have to send us a link if people can order online, and then we can put that in the description as well. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah, I've got an Etsy shop, so that would be where they where they get it. Cool. Very cool. Um, so let me ask you this: Are you guys planning on leaving the UK and exploring more of Europe, or do you have plans, you know, to get way out of there? Like, what are your like future travel plans? We were thinking of going um, across to Europe 
in maybe like November time. But we just had another chat about it last night, actually. And we've decided to not do that just again for financial reasons. We, although we do have work, it's, you know, less than what both of us were on before. So um, we're not making enough really to be able to do loads of driving um, and to get the ferry and stuff. So we've decided to stay in the UK um, until we maybe can actually save. We're not able to save money really at the moment. We're just kind of mm-hmm. able to keep going. Um, yep. So it feels wise to just kind of keep exploring the UK. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> in comparison, just to give you an idea, because what about the driving part? Because our, our van is about, the full tank's about 70, 75 pounds. And that'll give us about 250 miles. Mm. Uh, because UK fuel is quite expensive compared mm-hmm. to states yeah. a liter, which is like one pound thirty, one pound four, one pound fifty at one time. And it's really expensive. You're traveling a lot, you're paying a lot. So yeah. it does get expensive. Yeah, yeah so, so I think uh, oh sorry. It's okay. I'm just gonna ask how big is your tank then? Uh because I know for us that we could go 368 to 380 miles per uh, tank and we go by gallons and in gallons we're about, we're just, we're a 20 gallon tank. Oh, I see. Um, our tank's about 60 liters. I think so around 60 liters because Iveco has yeah. different tanks. They have 60 liters and they have hundred liters tank. So oh, wow. it's about, we, we got a smaller tank. We haven't got a bigger, bigger tank. Yeah, and okay, our miles per gallon is maybe not great as well. No, get about twenty to twenty-one miles per gallon. So that's yeah, better than us. We get sixteen. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that yeah. different from you? You can you? I know UK uses Imperial, and um, I think that's my like that, and it's different. I think yeah, it's so four. there's a difference between Six. kilometers, like uh, uh, kilometers, compared to um, uh, miles per gallon. So like, uh, or miles. So, like uh, Canada, for instance, goes by km, and we go mi- we go by the miles. I think America is the only one who's the holdout on the whole yeah. metric system. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's what I was about looking for metrics. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I was going to ask something, and then I forgot because I was trying to figure out how many liters there are in a gallon. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I checked actually in the UK. I checked how much it was in the UK. I think it's four point four liters per gallon. What I, yeah. if I remember correctly, we're getting. So yeah, I was going to say it's around about four to the gallon, like uh, on average. Yeah, it's like a cor- Yes, you're right. Yeah. Would you say that gas is like your number one expense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that and food is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then I, you know, I think um, we maybe want to try and be a bit more stationary until Christmas perhaps we've done a lot of driving because we really wanted to go to Scotland for the summer and my parents live in the south of England so it meant driving the entire stretch of Mm -hmm. England yeah so I think we probably have done a a lot of driving over the summer and my tutoring stopped over the summer so money felt really tight (laughs) It it wasn't a good combination but um so yeah I think yeah we'll just kind of see how we go doing less driving and I think it's always going to be a bit we're really bad at looking at our finances to be honest (laughs) like we still need to sit down and look at look at what we spend on what um but I think it'll be interesting to see if we don't travel too much how much we can kind of save and how how, you know how much Mm -hmm. that saves us by not doing loads of driving 
I think that we can really relate to you in the sense of, you know, we just finished just, you know, a couple of months ago, finished building the second van. And so you do put a lot of money into building the van and like you're earning while you're spending, but like the credit card bills get a little high and, you know, like things like that. Mm -hmm. So you do end up putting a lot of money into your van. And then it's like, you want to go travel and get on the road and go to all these wonderful places. But then you're still like, well, we just spent a whole lot of money converting the van. Mm -hmm. So then how do you find the balance? You know, it's not, you know, we're not lucky enough to have unlimited money either. Mm -hmm. So where do you find the balance of like, you know, all the money that you spent on the build and then now how much money do you actually have to travel? So was your build expensive for you guys? Like how much, I don't even know how much we spent and like, you don't have to share if you don't want, but like, is that kind of a little bit of the situation in terms of like, you've just had this huge expense and now it's like, Oh man, now we got to pay to travel too. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everything I was earning went on the van, which was very fortunate really because we, like we said before, we were staying with mum and dad. So we didn't have any house expenses really. Mm. So everything and Chanaka was unemployed at the time. Uh, So everything I was earning was going on that. And so, but we've also had, since we've moved into it, we've also had some things that have broken and, you know, like when, when expensive things break, that's like sometimes a whole week's earning going on fixing that thing. So Mm. then it, you know, it's not like a steady, oh, 400 pounds a month on rent. It's like, it might be 500 pounds in one go. (laughs) So it's, it's like more difficult for compared to living in a house to me it seems more difficult to actually predict where your money's gonna go and and Mm -hmm. like you were saying you know you might decide to go and travel really you know really far or to not and so then the fuel cost is not steady so I think there's maybe quite a lot of was you know we're still new at it I think really so yeah Mm -hmm. just kind of we need to really work out I don't know if we need to be stricter on well we're not going to travel more than 200 miles this month or something i don't know do you you guys kind of do anything like that uh i would what i would suggest that you do this is just like you know take it as you want i wonder if we're even doing what he's no we definitely we don't but what i would do is i would take like what you travel at the most right so like uh when you travel the most miles or you're eating the most food out and you're doing the most things right you budget like you go okay if I was to do the most, this is how much it will cost. So like, if you try to budget for that, then whenever you do less than it, it's, it's money going in your savings. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, obviously you're not going to aim for that high mark every time, but at least then, you know, you're making enough money to be able to afford that, but also be able to save money. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it does make sense. And also in regards to what you asked earlier on about the van, I know most people who build vans just pretty much put like wood and stuff like that on the van yeah. and they build it out and it's really heavy. So to be, to be honest, most almost more than half of the camper vans in the UK are overweight. No, <laughs> they're yeah. really, they're really heavy. So I had a, I had in my mind consciously thinking, okay, it might cost us a bit more. So I use aluminum extrude, which we call 8020. 8020. Yeah. Yeah. Use that to build the structure of the van. 
And after building it, if our bank came to three and a half tons, which is pretty much exactly the maximum, that's without Emma, without belongings. <laughs> I'm the heavy one, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without our belongings, when yeah. it's all fully loaded and everything, it came to 4.32 tons. That's why I had to get the higher weight, which meant I had to get bigger tires that would hold the load. And yep. then I was thinking, okay, that's not fine. I, I can get that. I did that. But we found out our front was rub- tire was rubbing on the wheel arch, which meant we had to upgrade the suspension on the front, which meant extra costs we had to do before traveling because if not, we have pretty much ball tires and holding a wheel arch. So it's all these expenses that add up. But I would say... Yeah, hopefully, yeah. you know, I guess that was kind of like the teething process or whatever if you like because yeah. it was the beginning so hopefully now there'll be less of those big things but yeah. mm-hmm. we had it felt like we had quite a lot of big things at the beginning and it was a bit painful mm-hmm. guys. yeah <laughs> yeah you know you get to the end of the conversion you're like oh great like you were saying Alex you know yeah now we can go it was like no there's this other thing that's broken <laughs> let's take a quick break to listen to our sponsor it's us, FNA Van Life. If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our Van Life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about Van Life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road living Van Life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below. Yeah, we feel you on that. And like, so we just had, so we did the big van build and then we drove across the country and then we drove all the way to Alaska and then, you know, had a crazy summer in Alaska and then, you know, came back and then we're looking at our bills and our pot and we're like, oh my God, like we have like gone crazy. So we just took literally this whole last month since we got back from Alaska, basically, we've not been moving very much and we've been trying to be really deliberate about you know cooking our own meals and not eating out and not buying the fancy coffee and you know like trying to keep our budget low but like you said stuff pops up and then you know 100 bucks here a couple hundred bucks there and so we're doing our best to kind of I think what we need to do moving forward is to have like periods where it's like okay, yes, this is going to be an expensive travel period and then have almost like a decompression period afterwards where it's like, okay, now we're just going to kind of hang out in one place for a while and relax and let our budget kind of resettle. Mm -hmm. The one thing that we do have going for us as well is we are making money while traveling. So it's not like we are... just living, living on savings. Or something like that. There was a moment when we when we do travel very, very hard and fast. There are moments where we have to dip a little bit into that savings. And we, mm. we try to stay away from that as much as possible. So that I think that that decompression moment, that moment where we take a little bit of a break is a moment to make up for the money that we took out. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's probably definitely what we're coming into a, a reset, a time to a time to just rest a bit as well because I think it can be you know tiring to have an adventure every day kind of thing yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. we had we had an, an adventurous summer because you know my work dried up a bit because it was a school holidays but now that that's becoming more of a routine it feels appropriate to kind of not do less but you know kind of 
Slow, do slow, yeah, slow down yeah, a bit, I suppose. Down. But and also, I think in the beginning, I was really like feeling like, oh, we have to make every day amazing. You know, this is van life. Come mm-hmm. on, whatever. I'm like, um, let's take it slow. It's got to <laughs> be now, Let's take it back But to now I guess I'm kind of you know realizing that's just not physically possible, and um, I get tired more easily than I used to and stuff. So uh, yeah, I think the I like how you call it. You know, just a season of of decompressing is that what you said yeah yeah i I also do think there's a difference between um vacationing or holiday like in the sense of like uh time off from work right we all are so used to having regular jobs and regular you know vacation time or holiday time um that we think that we have to do everything so fast and every day has to be this you know I, oh, we got to go here. We got to go there because vacation or holiday time is never really relaxing. It's more so mm-hmm. how much can I get done? You know, so I think there's a um, mindset change that we all have to go through that like we can take our time. We it, like we can go do one thing or two things in a week that are that are, you know, super exciting. Or we could take three weeks and not do any of those and just relax. You know, we in this lifestyle kind of have the pleasure to be able to do that. So we need to get the understanding for that a little bit more as well. I feel like you guys too probably had the same feeling that we did. Cause when we were in Alaska, we were like, we've only got so many months here. Right. So mm-hmm. when you were in Ireland, you were probably feeling the same. Like we only have the summer in Ireland and then we have to leave. So like you feel this time crunch that yeah. makes you feel like you need to have an adventure every day. Yeah, it was it was Scotland. Um, but, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, definitely though. You're absolutely right, and yeah. we had you know a bit of the deadline to be back um, in for the, the Midlands for the Hindu and the wedding. Yeah. So, which I th- which I think was you know helpful in a way because then you don't. Well, I mean, yeah, we we, we made it work, and um, it was yeah, it was definitely like how you know how far can we go? What can we see? We really and we we didn't see everything. Obviously, Scotland's much bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> so mm. we'd like to go back and go more north. Um, but yeah, definitely. And and I hear what you're saying about the holiday thing. I think you mentioned that on one of your other podcasts that we listened to today, actually. Yeah. Um, with with Jocelyn, was it? I think. Um, kids. When I when I describe when I describe to my friends like you know how we have to make. Daily, daily decisions about where we're going to sleep how far are we going to drive and all that kind of thing you know one of my friends was like wow it sounds like all the stressful parts of planning a holiday <laughs> um you know kind of constantly balancing holiday and work at the same time which when you're on holiday you don't have to think about work so it's mm. definitely yeah different to it's, yeah it's a different mindset that's, that's true and I think sometimes I'm not sure that everybody really understands it you know like I sometimes struggle to know if my friends can really like relate to what we're doing and it's difficult sometimes to explain explain mm-hmm. it <laughs> I, I won't lie I'm a little bit jealous that you guys got to go to Scotland um you know my last name is McCullough and McCullough actually uh at one point in time was a was a king of Scotland uh oh. they got ran out they got ran out pretty quick and that they wound up in Ireland and then eventually got ran out of Ireland and wound up in America. But you know, uh, so, so that's where I guess that's where my heritage comes from. So it's a place that I would love to go and visit. Um, you know, there as well as Ireland. 
Do you yeah. know whereabouts in Scotland they were or all over? I don't know exactly where, but I do remember reading that um, he was a king that um, I, I think he was more for like the people uh, and they didn't care for that as much at the time. They cared more about like uh, government or like, you know, the wealthy ruling over the, the you know, the people in a sense at the time and then they they got ran out due to that um they actually wanted to to kill him but he got they got away uh through like a, a hatch or something like you know one of the castle areas that they get out from and made it to uh the water there and then got on a boat and went over to ireland but, wow what a wow. heritage yeah yeah well because i know that like um like the capital then lowercase and capital again is normally from uh from uh royalty if i'm not mistaken oh. well oh, i'm know. not quite sure but I'm, I'm, oh in your name do you mean yeah, that you're in, talking in about yes in the last name okay maybe myself. yeah yeah i think oh. i think that is a thing uh if it's like capital then lowercase then capital it comes from royalty but if it's just like capital and then regular it's not necessarily then you're just a regular person. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think that we're all regular, whether we're royalty or not, right? Everybody's regular. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. You should, should come to Scotland. Yeah, well, let that, us know when you're over. Well, let us know when you come to Scotland. <laughs> oh, oh, I definitely will, for sure. There'll, there'll be a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get an opportunity to go, I yeah, think. Yeah, we'll so. see. We hope to see many places, but... You know, it's all logistics and planning and money and time and. You well, know. we're hoping to be working with a company soon. That um, basically, what we'll be able to do is give a survey out to all the people that follow us and would like to go on a vacation with us. You know, um, and get to basically pick a destination um, that they all oh. these like the people will get to pick the destination kind of where they want to go, and then uh, eight to ten you know people sign up for it, and next thing you know. We're going to a new country or whatever and being able to enjoy and explore with a, for two weeks, I think it is. I don't know. I think all the packages are different amounts of time. Yeah. Maybe there's one in the UK and we'll be coming to you. Maybe there's one in Scotland. That'd be a, that'd be <laughs> yeah, a thing come true. I feel like. Uh, nice. Or maybe one day you guys should become as rich as Oprah. that's my life goal. That's a life goal, but that's a, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of money. Uh, another thing that we could do as well is um, my my mother's side of the family is Canalacus, so that's Greek. And uh, my great-grandfather, uh, his, his birth certificate is from Greece. So I could actually get a citizenship in Greece and be able to travel as well. So wow. You've got yeah. many reasons to come yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, world. also the wow. fact that just being able to explore somewhere amazing, I feel like, is is worth the while. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's wrap this up. We've been on the call for about an hour now. So if there's any advice or tips or anything that you want to share with people who might be just thinking about entering the lifestyle or, you know, who just got on the road, what would you kind of, you know, what are your words of wisdom? Um, what I will say is if... Let's say, for example, they are based in Europe or UK. I'll say just if you want to do this lifestyle, it is doable, even in the UK. Just have to test the waters first. I'll say rent a camper van for like a week. 
to make sure you like it first before you actually invest the money, buying a van and doing it out. But I'll say, go for it. It's possible. And you can see the world while you live in, in a van. Yeah, I agree. That's what we said to a, a friend who, who were thinking about buying a van. And I said, you know, have, have you done it before? Are you are you campers? You know, how, how about renting renting something first before you launch in and buy a vehicle? And they were like, oh, yeah, <laughs> they thought that was a good, a good piece of advice. So, um, yeah, because it is a big investment, isn't it, if, you're, if you've kind of never experienced it before. So, um, yeah, I guess we had our experience in Australia and that made us want to kind of try it again in the UK. So, Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We appreciate you guys. And uh, we're, we hope to get to see you one day in person. That would be amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much. I love talking to new friends and getting to know people. That was an awesome session that we had with them. I don't want to call it a interview because I feel like it's not an interview. It's more like getting to know our friends that we've that we've met online or we've met in person. Yeah, it was really nice to kind of have a little bit more of like quality one-on-one time. I think a little bit selfishly, that's why we do this podcast Yeah, right. is to be able to talk to these people that, you know, we have only known from the internet or social media. And so it's really nice to kind of put a, well, not a face to the name, but you know, in that kind of like put a real life human being to the Instagram photo or persona. Not just like matrix numbers. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was really nice to chat with them. One thing that I think is incredible is how much different van life in UK uh, could be compared to, you know, the, the States. We're very fortunate here in the States to have as much freedom as we do in the sense of like just being able to kind of boondock in a lot of places. There's a lot of public uh, public land out here compared to overseas. Everything seems to be owned by uh, private people. So, I mean, I'm sure that you could probably get on some type of apps like Boondockers Welcome or things like that where people will share their location with you and allow you to park on their land. But it, it definitely seems like it's a bit harder. And imagine... Being parked on the side of the road and a cop comes up and doesn't even tell you to move along. They just take your rig from you and impound it. And oh, that's my it. God. I can't even imagine. That would be so stressful. Like, I understand that, you know, Mr. and Mrs. O were talking about the gypsy problem and things like that. And so, you know, unfortunately, some of these laws are meant to deal with a particular thing. But then they're so sweeping that. They deal with everybody, you know? It's like that, it's like that, you know, one person ruins it for everybody else or a few people ruin it for everybody else type of thing. So I think what we have to do always, guys, is just to remember to make sure that we're cleaning up after others, including yourselves, definitely yourselves, mostly. But clean up after elders. If you see stuff on the side of the road, you know, that where you're parked at, pick it up, throw it out. I mean, if it takes you a little you know, a tiny, tiny little bit out of your way or you, like, got to stop at the next gas station to throw it out, you know, do it. It, it. it helps the community. It helps us be able to stay on the road longer. It shows that we are a good part of this community and it shows that we're willing to, like, clean up other people's shit even if we had to. You know, we don't want to. We hope that those people get this message as well and they clean up after mm-hmm. themselves. But there's always going to be people out there that dirty things up that aren't doing the right thing. So we have to make sure to try to be the better people, the bigger people, and just take care of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. It's always about stewardship and, you know, leaving a place better than you found it. So if we can do anything to help promote that or just, you know, live those principles in our own life, we always try to do that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, even if it's not our garbage, imagine, you know, if we drove away from a site and someone saw us driving away from it and then saw that garbage, well, then they're going to assume that it was us. And then they're going to think that all van lifers are bad. So it's really... It's about perception, but it's also just about, like, keeping the planet clean. And, yep. like, you know, I think we talked about it on the podcast before, but that one campsite that was just absolutely destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then all of the garbage and stuff is floating into the river. And you're like, well, this is just horrible. So, anyways. One thing I also found interesting, another thing I should say that I found interesting, is the fact that, man, fuel in America is so much cheaper than many other places in the world. Like, once again, we are very fortunate to have... You know, the economy, I guess you could say that we live in the climate that we live in where things are a bit cheaper. Um, I mean, yes, a lot of that is changing and a lot of fuel prices have raised. But, you know, I think eventually they will drop. You know, winter time comes around, they always drop. So, you know, hopefully that's the case. But we're just very, very fortunate being in the place that we are in, as well as we don't actually have to travel from country to country. We're just going through states. So, like, Mm -hmm. we have the freedom to really travel throughout our whole country, which is, you know, state the states here are bigger than some of their countries. Well, yeah, and, like, if you think about, like, England, it's an island. So, for them to go explore the rest of Europe or anything else, they have to pay for a ferry to get across, and, you know, that cost is a lot. Yeah, pretty much they have UK and they have Scotland. Well, that was even a boat ride. Scotland was? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, th- I thought that was land. It was uh, connected by land. Ireland is a boat ride. No, I'm pretty sure. Let me look at the map. I mean, I was looking at it while we were talking. While Alex looks at the map, the it's just incredible to, incredible to me to think that, like, we have so much space here in America. We are very fortunate. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So if they wanted to go to Ireland, they then would, they have, would to have to take the boat. Take the boat. Yeah. yeah. So, um, because or I, or then if they wanted to get into France or Belgium or the Netherlands, they would have to take the boat. Correct. Yeah. So they would, they would have to ferry across either to go to the more like the mainland in Europe, or they would have to ferry across to go to say Ireland. So they're only connected to one other place. And the one other place is Scotland, which, you know, kind of, uh, makes it, you have less area to be able to go. Also, it seems like that there's kind of one highway that runs through the country going up uh, into Scotland. Yeah, there's two. Yeah, there's one main highway all the way up through. So, you know, they they there's probably little roads that you could cut off down and go down. I'm sure it's it's incredibly beautiful. Oh, for sure. But then, like the difference between that and us is that we could literally drive from Oregon all the way to you know Maine. Maine. Without having to do anything except for pay for gas. Yeah. Yeah. You could go Washington all the way to Maine and then go all the way down to Florida. And then even up through Canada or even all the way down to Panama. We have so much more choices on where we want to go. And like that's how, you know, we traveled for almost two years without the boat or without the van getting on a boat. Yep. So I think all we're trying to say is we really need to understand what we have and be incredibly grateful for it. Like just there's a lot of times where we know where we live and we're so used to it that we forget how lucky we are. And like just because of birthright, 
Like mm-hmm. we're, we're born here. We're so fortunate to be born here. And I think we need to try to do that with a lot of things in our lives, whether it's like the partner that you're with or the opportunity that you have just to be super incredibly grateful. Yes, you work hard. Keep working hard for it. But be very, very grateful because we are very fortunate. Mm-hmm. And one thing before we got on the road, I feel like we were pretty or I was like, oh, my gosh, I wish we were out exploring. I wish we were out doing things, blah, blah, blah. But some people's whole goal is to, like, explore New York, you know. So it's like explore your own backyard. If you can't get out on the road and do these big, you know, road trips or whatever, there's so much to explore in your own backyard that you've probably never seen. Or you could see it from a totally different vantage point Mm -hmm. by exploring it in a camper van. Yeah. Yeah, New York is huge. You don't yeah. just have to be in the city. Absolutely not. There's, there's a whole upstate area. I don't know if you guys know that, but there's <laughs> a very beautiful country out there in New York as well. But we're going to leave you guys there. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Make sure to give it five stars. Leave a review. If you have Apple Podcasts or Spotify, very easy. Uh, write a review. Let us know how we're doing. We hope that you guys out there get a lot of helpful information from this. And speaking of reviews, the O team actually went and dropped a review on Apple Podcasts. So they said, we have been following FNA Podcasts for a while now and have loved it. We like how they talk about the relevant topics that no one else mentions. They are both very energetic and fun to listen to. Oh, we love you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you for being the guest on the show today. We can't wait until one day when we all get to meet in person. Imagine that. So cool. F&A in UK. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We love you guys, and we hope that you guys have an F&A day.